Alright guys, welcome back! That's right, so I'm here for a, what, this fourth episode? Oh my goodness, four episodes! So, first of all, of course, you gotta start with the introduction. What's up guys, my name is Sharon. Uh, some of you might know me from my YouTube channel. Yeah, I do YouTube videos as Ginger Princess. Though, so if you don't know me, it's okay. You can still call me Sharon or that creepy, weird water podcast lady. That's fine. Uh, I currently live in Tampa Bay, Florida. I grew up in southern Indiana and slowly drifted southeast for a few years until I landed here two years ago. Well, almost two years ago. Let's call it two years. Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. If you guys have any questions, by the way, if there's stuff you want to know about me, if you're like, Hey, yo, you talked about this, but you never explained whatever. Let me know and uh, stay tuned to the end and you can uh, find out where to contact me. Yay! So on this episode, we are going to talk about my religion. Let me start with a disclaimer that my religion is what I believe, what I, I choose as the truth. If you disagree, that is okay. You're, you are entitled to your different views. I, I mean, I'm one of those I would rather you see what I see, but if you don't, that is fine. I just do ask that if you do disagree, to not go and spam my social medias or email with any hate comments, with any negativity. Uh, that, that's just not needed. That's just not something we need in this world. If you got any questions about my religion after this, please feel free to let me know. Uh, write them down during the podcast, if, you know, throughout the episode. There's some questions you think of. Go ahead and write them down or like pause this and shoot me an email or message or whatever. And let's keep going from there. My religion is Messianic Jewish. So you're probably thinking, what is Messianic Jewish? That doesn't sound like, is that like Hasidic? Is that Orthodox? What is it? Messianic Judaism is, as I call it, the best of both worlds. So we are a blend of Jewish and Christian. Again, sounds like an oxymoron, but it's what we do. So like I said, I call it the best of both worlds because we have the old traditions of, you know, all the Jewish traditions. We've got, you know, all the holidays and I keep kosher personally. And we just have all the Old Testament ways and, you know, hey, God said to do it, do it. But we also have the salvation from Jesus Christ. And I'll get to something else here in a minute on a different name that we call him. It's very different. It's, you know, as I said, most Jews are waiting for the Messiah to come. For us, we're just waiting for the Messiah to come back. So yes, we see Jesus Christ or Yeshua as the Messiah, as our Savior. We call him Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Uh, so most of the time I'll say, probably say either Jesus or Yeshua. I'll probably say Jesus just for a lot of you who don't understand, you know, who are not used to hearing the name Yeshua. Um, but I will say both names just to also keep myself sane. Yeah, that's pretty much what Messianic Judaism is. It's a good mix, an interesting way of doing things. I'll explain about how I became messianic and like how we do things and how how the things that I was taught and shown led me to this life. So uh, here we go. So I grew up Baptist. Uh, that's right. I grew up American Baptist, not Southern Baptist. I grew up Baptist in Indiana all my life. My mom grew up in that church. 
my grandmother grew up in that church. Well, not grew up. My grandmother went to that church when she was a teenager. And, you know, we've been there my whole life. You know, I was dedicated there. I was baptized. Yes, I was baptized. I was baptized there. So, I mean, we grew up there. And the main pastor who was there most of my life was Pastor Don. Love you, Pastor Don. If you're listening to this, I don't know why you would. He had a big heart for Israel. And, like, a lot of Baptist pastors only seem to preach on the New Testament and all that. He was doing Old Testament and New Testament. He really wanted to show the old tradition. And I think one of the things we love is to talk about, and I think he taught on as well, is you think about it, Jesus was Jewish. So these were the traditions he had. So if we are to be Christians, Christ-like, shouldn't we be doing the same traditions that he did growing up? So that's kind of like what we've, you know, what we taught. And uh, Pastor Don had such a heart for Israel when he actually, there was an anniversary, I can't remember if it was his, like, anniversary with the church or if it was his, um, like, anniversary with being a minister. They actually sent him to Israel. Him and his wife got to go to Israel, and it was so cool. And he brought back uh, some water from the Red Sea and Galilee, I think. Don't quote me on that. But that was really cool, and he, he just, he was so cool and, and very eye-opening about all of that. The other thing that he did was he was in contact with a lot of Messianic rabbis in the area, which, there unfortunately, there's not a lot out there, but yeah, he was in, in contact with a couple of them. Not so much, like, ones in the area, but ones also just, you know, Midwest, just like in Indiana. that he would invite over would do like Passover Seders. So if you guys don't know what a Passover Seder is, so Passover Seder um, is the celebration that happens right around now. Uh, so it's it's kind of like the Jewish Easter, as it were. It's the holiday that happens right around Easter. It's the holiday that celebrates uh, the Jews being in Egypt when the plagues happen, you know, when, when God said the plagues to Egypt to convince Pharaoh to release his people. You know, the whole, let my people go. Yeah, that that whole holiday. So at the end, when the angel of death came and took, you know, took the firstborns, God told the Israelites to put a mark on their doorframe so the angel of death would pass over them. Get it? Hey. So they would come and do a demonstration because one of the things with the Passover Seder is one of the cups, and I can't remember which one is, I can never remember which number it is, but one of the cups is often uh, reinterpreted for communion. The Passover Seder, usually they come in, they do a slight demonstration. Uh, It's also the last meal. I mean, when Jesus was on his way to the cross, uh, yeah, that whole story, when they did the, what a lot of people call the communion in the Last Supper, that was the Passover Seder. They were having a traditional Jewish Seder. Now, of course, a lot of people don't talk about all the other stuff they did. They only usually talk about when the whole part where this is my body and this is my blood part. But that's why a lot of rabbis, Messianic rabbis, bring it to the Christian churches to talk about that part. The main thing with Passover Seder and why the Messianic rabbis bring this to the Christians to kind of not exactly convert them to Messianic Judaism, but to show them why they do what they do. So one of the big things 
with the Passover Seder is it's amazing how well it parallels with Jesus's life. Because um, one of the big things with Passover is you're supposed to eat lamb. There's a special lamb sacrificed for the Seder. It is the special Passover lamb. Uh, if you hear like in a lot of the Christmas songs, there's some about certain shepherds in the field. That's these shepherds. These shepherds are put over the Passover lambs. They are perfect, unblemished, spotless, perfect Passover lambs raised for slaughter for the sacrifice. So, like Jesus, he was born to die for our sins. The Passover lamb, the ultimate Passover lamb. I mean, the whole lamb of God. You know what I'm talking about here. So, one of the cool things that that the eye-opening part for me, during the Passover Seder, you take three pieces of matzah. If you guys don't know what matzah is, it's that big cracker thing that has pretty much no flavor. If you go to the Jewish aisle of any grocery store, there's those big boxes or around this time of year during Passover, they've got the gigantic boxes to take to your family for the Seder. Right at the beginning of the Seder, we have this cover, and right now, if you love me, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a special holder, and you put three pieces of matzah into it. At some point during the Seder, the rabbi or whoever's leading the Seder will take out the middle, break it in half, wrap it up in a, probably like a, one of the napkins, one of the cloth napkins, and hide it away. That's actually a big part of the Seder, is you take that, and it's called the Afikomen. You take it, and you wrap it up, and you tell the kids to close their eyes and hide it away somewhere, whether in the house or if you're doing it out in public, somewhere in the venue. And after dinner, you actually have kids go out and find it and ransom it for money. It's really cool. I've seen kids haggle like crazy and end up with like $20 from people. It's awesome. But if you're doing like a big one, we usually have each table has the papa of the table, quote unquote papa. And he's the one who the kid has to ransom for the afikomen, for the broken piece. It's interesting when, with the messianic view of it, when you look at the three pieces, it think about what else is religious and in three part. Be holy, trinity, father, son, holy spirit. So the middle one is taken out cut off, broken, shrouded, and hidden away to be found later when the time is right. I mean, yo, how can you not see that the son, the son of the father, was broken, shrouded, and put away for a special time? Come on, what? I mean, seriously, what? So it's very much, you know, like in the Passover Seder, God was showing his people what was to come. I mean, come on. He said right there, the, the middle, the sun, the middle of the Holy Trinity will be cut off, broken, wrapped up, and hidden away to be revealed later. That is a mind-blowing. Uh, it was kind of cool when they were showing us this, when we got to go to a messianic, um, well, when they do like the demonstrations, but when we've actually gotten to go to a few satyrs after that and participate in quite a few. It's it's crazy. It's just like, oh my god, literally. Why didn't I see that? You know, how come no one showed us that even in the old Jewish tradition there is salvation, there is prophecy of what was to come of Yeshua's or in you know, of Jesus's life. 
it was all right there. I mean, he is the Passover lamb to be sacrificed for us. He was to be broken and hidden away for us to find later. Wow, it's so crazy that that that's how did we not notice that how does the jewish people every year do passover seders and not see that that's right there in front of them so i'm going to take a quick break here guys and we're going to have a lovely word from our sponsor and then i'll tell you about the uh all the different synagogues and congregations i've been a part of my history in messianic movement track to a few years one of the rabbis who did a seder demonstration at our church gets sends out an email i think we end up on his email list but he actually took a sabbatical for a while um by the way sabbatical is kind of like a break if you guys know a lot of people know what sabbatical is a lot of uh, a lot of farmers use that term as well so he took a break for a while all of a sudden we get this email saying Hey guys, I'm back into wanting to be a rabbi again, um, starting another congregation. Hey, let me know if you're interested in joining. And we're like, okay, that's cool. So where is it? No joke. It was three blocks from where we were living at the time in Indiana. I mean, we actually several times walked down there for dance practice or band practice or just, you know, because we could or the couple times after service, we would actually walk back home, grab something or change clothes or something and come back. I mean, literally, it was down the street. So we were with those guys for about two and a half years or so. Then unfortunately, one day, the rabbi told us that he and his family were moving to Colorado. The congregation was no more. Uh, that hurt. It was, it, it sucks because here, I mean, it was just down the street. We were actually, the previous weeks, as a congregation, we're looking for a new building. We're actually looking to buy our own place and grow. And now all of a sudden, it's over. So that kind of sucked. A lot of us in the area decided to kind of, what we call it, homeschooling, like homeschooling and shul, which is what the Jews do for learning. So we said homeschool it for a little bit. Uh, we would meet at several different houses or like go to parks or something. And we did that for quite a while. Honestly, I can't tell you how long it was. Then uh, the guy who was kind of our leader, our rabbi, as it were, our teacher, who was also my homeschool teacher, by the way. Yes, this was around the time when I started homeschooling. He was our teacher and his brother-in-law was, he's he not the same age, we're only a week apart. He and I were homeschooling together with him. So they end up moving to be closer to his family and then me and mom decided and my brother decided to move to Tennessee well while we were in Tennessee thankfully we were able to find another congregation down there and we were only with them for maybe about a year um, some stuff happened I'm not going into that story again we just decided you know we, we, we really maybe this isn't the people for us but it's okay because we were only in Tennessee for two years and then we ended up moving to North Carolina. North Carolina started off very crazy and I will tell you guys that's gonna be a whole other story about moving to North Carolina and what happened there. This is where it gets weird. So when we first moved there we didn't have any plans at all, just no plans at all. We didn't research any congregations. We just moved we didn't even know which area we knew like we went in the charlotte area 
but we just moved to North Carolina. We ended up back at a Baptist church because, get this, you guys know NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt Sr., you know, the Intimidator, the Man in Black. His mother wrote a cookbook with Jeff Gordon's mom. I just happened to have had a copy of that before we moved. While we were trying to figure out what we were going to do, what our plans were for North Carolina life, I was flipping through her cookbook, and lo and behold, she, one of the recipes, she talked about going to this church in Kannapolis. Uh, and I'm sure most of you probably know about it, but I'm not exactly going to say. I mean, it's public knowledge, but I'd rather not attract anything in that direction. But, so I was like, okay, you know, hey, that's better than nothing. We need to really find some people who can, one, help us right now, and two, just a place where we can reconnect with God. We end up going to this Baptist church, thanks to Martha Earnhardt, and becoming close with her, which was still crazy. And again, I'll do a whole nother podcast just on my life at in North Carolina. While we were there at this lovely Baptist church with Martha Earnhardt, uh, there was a lady there who we had connected with, and one day we noticed she had a very common Messianic Bible. It's a complete Jewish Bible. And we're like, yo, you have a copy of that? Oh my god, that's, that's so cool. And we said, you know, that sad thing is, it's hard to find any good Messianic congregation in the area. And she goes, have you guys heard about beep? Because I'm not going to talk about them. And uh, that's another different story. Um, and we're like, wait, wait, no, what, huh? So we end up going to this other congregation uh, for quite a while. And that's a whole nother long, complicated story with them. It's kind of like Charles Dickinson, you know, Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Made a lot of friends there. Uh had a lot of people and there there was a lot of great moments. Unfortunately, there were a few bad moments and unfortunately the bad did outweigh the good and we ended up having to leave that group. But we were with them for quite a few years. Uh, We were doing so much. We were in charge of the teens. I mean, like, just me alone. I was uh, the teen teacher, which sadly I only had one teen at the time. I was dance leader. I was in charge of our kitchen because we did like a after service lunch. Uh, and then my mom was in charge of the kid program and ended up we ended up combining the kids program and the teens because the teen was an older sibling of the kids, so it was just easier that way. A lot went down and that's a story probably I will never tell or it'll be a long time before I tell that story. So we ended up leaving them and that it's kind of what inspired us to move again and especially move to Florida. We made some connections with a couple of different congregations and when we were looking at where to move in Florida, I started looking closer towards the Tampa Bay area because again, like I said, Charles Trippy lives down here and it's just, it seemed like this was the place to be. We started watching a couple different congregations on Facebook. A lot of them were doing Facebook lives. So we were watching those. So one of the ones we were watching on Facebook, uh, we visited for a little bit, but once we got settled in to where we live now, we realized it was a bit of a drive. So we're like, okay, what's something that's a little bit closer to where we live? And I did some research and turns out I found 
the perfect group. I mean, these, these, <laughs> we found our family. When we first started going there, I was like, okay, this is all right. Uh, okay. But as we started talking to the rabbi's wife, she and I and mom, we just clicked on so many different levels. It seemed like every time we would talk to her, we'd be like, yes, you, oh my gosh, finally, someone who has the same vision for that or someone who, you know, feels the same way about this. And oh my gosh, it was, it was mind blowing how many boxes we ticked with each other. So we truly found our, our real family. We found our, as the Jewish word, Hebrew word, mishpocha, our real family, our, our congregation. The, I love these people. They are the best. So shout out to Temple New Jerusalem in Palm Harbor, Florida. My peeps, my fam. Uh, if you guys want to check them out, they, we do also do uh, Facebook Live as well. So if you are interested in watching that, I can give you guys the link to that. It's on Facebook. So hit me up on one of the social medias at the end and I will send you that link or if nothing else, I can send you the link to Temple New Jerusalem's website. And if you have any questions, of course, ask me. You can email my rabbi or any of that stuff. So yeah, I hope I, we are more than happy to share our vision and share what we see as the truth. And even right now, me and my mom are the head of the children's program again, but a lot better. Uh, we've got a lot more freedom and the rabbi's wife is working with us and we've right now got a pretty good uh, group of teachers. So it's not all on us. And oh my gosh, and that's one thing I've been doing in my downtime when I'm not recording podcasts. I'm working on the kids curriculums. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, we've got so much coming up in the future. There's an annual conference in Orlando. And if you guys follow my YouTube channel, I think I talked about it a little bit there. I actually still haven't posted my vlogs from that trip yet. Oops, sorry. Uh, every year we go to Orlando. There's a conference. It's the South Regional, South Eastern Regional Conference. Uh, we ended up getting roped in, getting Tara. We volunteered into helping with the kids program and that was awesome and we're already like during that weekend we were already making notes for next year and trying to figure out like okay well we can do this when I want to do this again and I want to do this a little bit differently and oh my goodness we can do this and this and this but during that conference we talked about that the 2020 is going to be the year of change who knew how much 2020 was going to change so a mom and I became head of the children's group uh this whole coronavirus is a big change job situations are changing or being affected because unfortunately <laughs> like right now I can't work and me and some of my co-workers are messaging each other on Facebook and texting each other it's like oh my god when are we gonna see each other again but that's that's a whole nother story <laughs> but we're having fun I said 2020 is definitely going to be a year of change and definitely not change of religions because I love where I'm at. I love my congregation. I love my family. And yeah, we're, we're definitely a different group. So like I said, if you guys have any questions about being messianic or about my actual specific congregation, if you're in the Florida area or you're planning on visiting the Florida area once we have something to visit 
and want to see the congregation while you're down here, be sure to ask me. Uh, so if you guys have any questions about being messianic, about my religion in general, about my congregation, or just whatever, of course you know where to go. Come to my Anchor profile and send me a voice message. That's anchor.fm slash outofwater. Also on there is where you can click on my social media links. But just in case if you don't want to, you can also hit me up on Instagram at ginger.princess.vlogs. You can like and follow my Facebook page, Out of the Water. Or if you want, of course, you know, go and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash gingerprincessvlogs, all one word. And of course, like I said, you can also shoot me an email, which is outofthewater at yahoo.com. So it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or email, or you can go to my Anchor profile. Again, that's anchor.fm slash outofwater. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Skylar, for your feedback. It definitely helps quite a bit. And thank you all for listening to me and giving a crap. We're on episode four. Uh, if this is your first podcast with me, be sure to go back and listen to my first three and then jump in. I will be posting these every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. I almost forgot my schedule and I haven't even started. Uh, that is, of course, until the COVID-19 shutdown stops. Once I go back to work, I might switch to weekly. But until then, see you next time or talk to you next time. Bye!